What's up, everyone? Welcome into post game locked on Bucks and uh, Milwaukee get a win. Uh, they did lean very heavily on Giannis down the stretch. Uh, we had some concerns, it's fair to say, halfway through the fourth quarter against a Wizards team that has been really struggling. But Giannis took over the game in the fourth quarter, as he has done many times this season. So we'll talk about the performance of Giannis. We'll probably continue to ask questions about what is going on with the Bucks. We've got Frank here. I'm sure he's got takes he needs to get off his chest. So let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show every weekday and also find my work over at ESPN. Joining me is the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode. It's brought to you by Price Picks. Check out pricepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And we do thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every weekday, as I mentioned. Uh, plenty of good and interesting and some humorous comments in the YouTube section after yesterday's podcast, which we thought might be the case. I love it when you guys get involved, even if I think sometimes what you're saying is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we still appreciate it. We still appreciate it. Now, speaking of absolutely ridiculous, Frank, uh, the Bucks beat the Wizards 112.96. Now, if you didn't watch this game, you might think, okay, yep, that's pretty standard. 112.96, that seems like the, what the score should 98. be. 98. Give the, give the Wizards their credit. Come on. I don't want to give them credit. Uh, one, there was one of those. Uh, actually, I should take three points off for the Contavious Coldwell Pope uh, Bank Three. That doesn't count. So the final score was 112.95. But anyway, the point being, with 8.35 left in the fourth quarter, uh, Rui Hachimura hits a three. The Wizards go up by three points. It's their first lead of the game. The Bucks look generally bad. And they were kind of sleepwalking through this game. There was some concerning stuff defensively. Uh, what's going through your head at that point, Frank? And uh, did you think the Bucks were going to win this game? Because that was a that was probably the dark moment of the night. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously we've seen the Bucks. I mean, they've been a 500 team for the last month, right? They're eight and eight in their last 16 games. So, um, you know, I think the frustration with the Bucks is not just because they stunk in the third quarter and you know came out in the, th the third quarter and i think they were outscored 13 to 5 i think to start the third quarter the fourth quarter as well um you know i tweeted out the bucks just look lost right now because <laughs> um, honestly like on def defense they literally didn't know like seemed to know where they were supposed to be and it didn't wasn't clear if they were i mean they, they did a lot of switching tonight um that created issues especially with mismatches against Montrez harrell who look Montrez harrell can just have these you know he can have these these you know periods where he'll just roll and and I mean we've seen him do that to Brook Lopez where he'll just you know, use his quickness against Brook Lopez. He he's a tough matchup, right? Um, and ultimately we saw the 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 flip side of Montrez Harold being the fact that he does not protect the rim at all, and the Wizards went with a lineup that um, you know Giannis just ate up uh, on on the other end, so it, it it ended up you know kind of equaling out. But um, but yeah, I mean I, I thought that especially on defense in the you know in the second half is just like. You know they they were 
trying to switch for a while and they were kind of like you know showing extra help and then at times you know certain actions it just seemed like guys were not on the same page as far as what you know how they were supposed to be reacting um and yeah it just seemed like they were just kind of <laughs> adrift um as the wizards were just you know kind of making this run and you know turning what had been a pretty much most of the game double digit lead it felt like for the bucks i mean they were, were they up 20 to 5 i think uh, to start the game i mean they they got off to a big lead early you know kind of had that first quarter mojo going hitting threes and then um you know the three point shot kind of started to go away and you know again i think we've seen this a fair bit where um this season you know the bucks kind of see their shots stop falling and then the other team starts to be able to manipulate that defense a bit more than you know they might if if Brooke Lopez was out there, if you know PJ Tucker and Brooke Lopez and the playoff Bucks were out there, um, and uh, I think you know they just looked a little bit shell shocked there in the first the first part of the third quarter. But um, you know, give credit to the Bucks and especially Giannis, right? I mean, um, I thought Drew Holiday was really good tonight, 22 points on 16 shots. He hit some really big threes to kind of keep them at arm's length um, and compensate for the fact that that Chris Middleton was was pretty anonymous tonight for the second straight game. But um, I think Giannis hit something like his last seven shots from the field. Um, he scores 13 points in the final eight minutes. Um, we, we it's, I think it started in the third quarter. One of the, one of the, I think his first basket after the, uh, the timeout um, was a lob from Middleton on an inbound play from the sideline, which they did a bunch of times last year. I mean, it's a hard play to pull off, right? Cause defensively you shouldn't give up a lob from, you know, 30 feet away. Um, but Chris got him on a really nice pass for a, a layup. And then they were able to just get him going to the rim repeatedly. He had, you know, an and one with against Hachimura um, uh, trying to kind of, you know, stay in front of him uh, in transition. And, you know, as we've seen so many times this year, the fourth quarter just sort of turned into the honest show. He's the league's leading scorer in fourth quarters. And, um, you know, again, 13 points in the last eight minutes. He went the dis. He played the full fourth quarter tonight. You know, normally Bud likes to give him that rest from like, you know, maybe the seven minute mark to the five minute mark, something like that. Um, you could tell the desperation level the Bucks were at though, by the fact that Bud was like, all right, we can't afford to do that tonight. Giannis, you're going the full fourth quarter. You're playing 38 minutes. Not necessarily what you want to do um, in a game, you know, against the Wizards without Bradley Beal on a Tuesday night. But um, with, you know, again, just the way that game was going, you felt like they had to get back to, to going with Giannis because the point shots weren't falling and, um, certainly the tide seemed to be turning and, and the momentum was, was obviously clearly in, in the Washington on Washington side. Yeah. It might've been that time out when they went down to three that Bud typically might've tried to sneak a minute, which clearly was not going to happen at that point. Uh, we were kind of discussing it, uh, off before we were starting recording uh, via text, via DM. What did you see from Giannis in terms of the way he was playing? Because, you know, I sort of tweeted about it and I was watching Giannis in the fourth quarter and I said, okay, well, this makes sense. If the Wizards for a decent portion of the game are going to say, we're going to have a KCP defending you, there's really no reason to suggest that Giannis shouldn't have 30-plus points and just physically dominate this Wizards team that doesn't really have anyone that's uh, that's a rim protector, particularly Thomas Bryan obviously went down, hurt his ankle earlier in the game. So there's no one physically that should be able to stop Giannis but this is kind of the follow-up from the conversation we had yesterday on the show with Justin. Are the Bucs uh, lazily sleepwalking their way through 
the regular season or are they physically feeling the pinch? And this is the thing with Giannis. He's been playing this center position. He's been asked to do a hell of a lot physically. And we saw tonight that when things get desperate, and as you pointed to, his fourth quarter scoring, it's no surprise that the Bucks get to the fourth quarter and Giannis says, you know what, fuck this. Uh, I'm going to try and win this game myself and dominate everyone like he did tonight. But you would hope that you wouldn't need that type of effort from him every fourth quarter because he clearly is playing through some fatigue and wear and tear. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, You know, we were talking with with our friend Eric Name. Eric wrote a story uh, earlier this year where Giannis, you know, admitted in in quote, you know, he put gave gave Eric the quote um, that basically he he's he doesn't try to turn himself into a battering ram every night. That he knows he has to pace himself physically throughout a season. And again, Giannis is a guy who I would say of all the superstars in the league, you know, he's the guy that everybody likes to point to as the guy who plays 100% every night. Um, but I think there's some caveats to that now, especially as he's gotten older, as he's now become an NBA champion and a finals MVP. He knows that going 100% doesn't necessarily mean the same thing every night. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, again, turning yourself into um, a battering ram for four quarters and just trying to physically dominate, um, you know, every moment of every game. Like that's just hard. It's taxing, especially right now when he doesn't have Brooke Lopez covering him for him defensively. And I thought the first quarter was very interesting. I mean, he didn't take a shot until basically a Hail Mary, you know, three-pointer at the buzzer, which he missed. Didn't score a point, you know, basically didn't take a shot. Um, looked like he was ba- pretty much doing his assist hunting, which we normally see when he's close to, you know, 10 assists. We usually see that like in the third and fourth quarters, right? When like the game is kind of going well and uh, he can go out and try and get his triple-double, right? And it felt like he was doing that in the first quarter tonight, which I, I don't know about you. My first thought was, Obviously, the the Wizards were not like defending Giannis the same way that like the Bucks were defending Jokic on Sunday, but I I kind of was thinking like, is he so blatantly trying to get his teammates involved? I think he had did he I think he had like six assists in the first quarter. I kind of wondered like, was he trying to like would he have done played the same way if not for the fact that the Bucks had just gotten their doors blown off and Jokic had put up you know a fifteen assist night on Sunday? And obviously, we know he's you know. A very, you know, it's a ton of respect for Jokic. I think they're, you know, they had a lot of fun together in the All Star game last year. But they're also rivals. They're they collectively won the last three MVPs. Um, and certainly Jokic made a good case for why he should get an MVP over Giannis this year. Just in that that uh, you know, again, not that they played each other one on one all day on Sunday, but you know, in terms of the you know Jokic being able to lead his team through his team play um, on Sunday to a big win in Milwaukee. So I, I don't know, like that, that was kind of going through my head a little bit was that Giannis was really trying to just be a distributor. He wasn't really trying to look for his own offense or just try to physically dominate. And I don't know. Do you think, do you think maybe that, that am I, am I like extrapolating and unnecessarily here that, that I'm reading into this sort of the Jokic response, or do you think there may be something to that? I don't know. I, I feel like there's been, multiple games this year where Giannis has either gone scoreless in the first quarter or he's had low scoring first quarters. Now, clearly he's compensated as as the game has gone on, but he had that first points in the second quarter and, uh, and BA, I was watching the TNT broadcast and BA uh, said, uh, well, there's the first points for Giannis. And I was like, wait a second, the Bucks had a decent first quarter. And then I was like, yeah, I guess he wasn't really shooting the ball. I don't know. Maybe it is to do with Jokic. I think that part of the reason, by the way, Kane, that's, that's the difference between you and me. I am always keenly aware of Giannis's point totals and shot 
shot. Yeah, nice. Whereas you actually can just be focusing on the more general game going on. But anyway, I'm like, yeah, the offense is looking a little bit better today. The ball's moving around. People are hitting some shots. This is this is nice. The defense looks organized. Oh, Giannis has zero points. Okay, yep, fair enough. But uh, but yeah, I think the the passing aspect of his game has been a conscious. I don't don't know about specifically tonight, but it's obviously been a conscious effort of his to protect himself a little bit, as has the jump shots and the turnaround jump shots. And I've always thought about LeBron. I don't know exactly the age when he started taking more of those shots. I know it was during the Miami period. But if you think of LeBron when he was first playing with Cleveland, he was this unstoppable freight train as well. And he's spoken about it and said, well, I I realized that I got to a point where I wasn't going to be able to do that if I want to play the game for another decade. So I think it's all encompassing. But potentially he did just watch Jokic completely tear apart a team. And Giannis is such a thinker that maybe he thinks to himself, okay, well, we're playing the Wizards. We should probably win this game. Uh, Let's see if I can draw a couple of bodies at me and make some easy passes and guys can knock down some shots. He thinks about the game like that, so I'm sure... Um, it was something that was in his mind. But if you had Giannis for five-plus assists in this game, you're probably feeling pretty good. Uh, of course, you should be checking out Price Picks where you can uh, have a look at those types of things. Uh, it is the best DFS prop game on the market. So you should be checking out Price Picks. Uh, daily, it's daily fantasy made easy. I love Price Picks, and I know you guys will too. So it's pretty easy to do. You pick two or five, two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. If you're a weirdo with uh, an Android device there, you can do that. <laughs> Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds and even steals. And uh, and obviously tonight, if you had the Giannis assist, you'd be feeling pretty good. So for a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer an offer for all of our users. Users get 50 bucks for free. You have a player in your first price picks entry scored a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on Bucks fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA. 50 bucks for free. If a player in your first price picks entry scores a single point, that's prize picks. Uh, and I mentioned TurboTax, new sponsor, Frank. Unbelievable. I use TurboTax. Oh, my goodness. You wouldn't, we shouldn't even have to use the ad rate then. You can just tell us about your uh, wonderful experience with TurboTax. I've been using it for like a decade, yeah. I mean, once you start using it, like it, you know, auto-populates everything from year to year. Like, it's just, yeah, once you start using it, like, you just don't want to bother using anything else. That That's that's uh, that's my my endorsement. And I'm the one, My I mean, I, I do the taxes for my wife and, and me. So, um, yeah, it's just easy. Auto-import stuff um, and and... Yeah, I, I, it makes honestly taxes are pretty easy with TurboTax. So there's my ringing endorsement. Impromptu, I didn't even know they were an, an, uh, a sponsor. Well, it's good to know you listened to the show yesterday, Frank. But but the thing is, I didn't. Uh, after th- that Sunday game, I didn't want to hear you and Justin talk about that stuff. Come on. Okay. All right. Well, man, <laughs> normally well, I do. Norm, normally I do, but fortunately, many people did. But but perhaps <laughs> perhaps you didn't listen because you were locked up talking to a TurboTax live expert who can answer all your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish if you need. They help you uh, get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. So that's uh, that's TurboTax. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. That's TurboTax Live.
What a pleasant surprise, Frank and TurboTax. That's not what we're expecting uh, today, but uh, we're very pleased. And shout out to TurboTax once again. Hey, let's talk about this foul with Montrez Harrell, okay? Uh, so if you didn't see the game, Montrez Harrell, uh, let's say a bit of a wind-up, takes Giannis, chops down on the arm from behind as Giannis is taking the ball to the rim. Would have been an open dunk. Uh, Giannis goes to the floor. He was kind of holding his side rib area, but... Naturally, if you watch the Bucks with any regularity, or quite frankly, if you watch the NBA with any regularity, it was an interesting time to see Giannis on the floor, to see a pretty difficult foul, and I'm thinking, okay, what's their reaction going to be to this? On court, Bobby Portis got in the face of Montrez Harrell. I'm not sure if Montrez Harrell is someone I would want to fight, but I know I wouldn't really want to fight Bobby Portis. So who knows? They were both feeling pretty comfortable about the situation. Giannis got up. He was feeling okay. It was a flagrant one foul. Uh, of course, Bucks Twitter was in tatters, calling the league scammers, and he should have been ejected and suspended for life. And I've said this before, I was fine with Bulls fans going crazy about the, the foul with Grace Nell and Alex Crusoe. The, the fans are supposed to be irrational and supposed to go crazy on Twitter. I'm totally fine with it. To me, uh, I, I would have been very shocked if this was a flagrant two foul. And Giannis gets these dangerous fouls all the time. I honestly do think this was on the lower lower end of the scale of some of the fouls we've seen. Am I wrong? Did you feel the same? Did you want Montrez Harrell kicked out of the league? Uh, I mean, I thought the foul on Friday night where you got like tomahawked in the head. Yes. I think it was Nerland's Noel, right? Yes. I thought that was a much, much that worse was yes, foul than, than this one. Um, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's kind of coming up from behind as Giannis is winding up. But he's he's trying to go for you know the arm where the ball would be. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, I think it was it's a flagrant one just because of you know the kind of the violence of, yeah. of the act. Um, you know, it's not easy to take to take Giannis down. Um, you know, he's I mean that's kind of his his blessing and his curse, I guess, from like a foul calling standpoint. People can just get away with a lot because he's enormous and you know hard to throw off. Um, so yeah, I thought it was probably a flagrant one. You know, um, yeah. You know, Trez and, and Giannis were talking after the game. You know, I think thankfully Giannis didn't get hurt, got up, hit both free throws, and uh, you know, <laughs> you kind of you kind of move on with the game. And I mean, it's obviously a you know a, an important sequence because you know you get two ball, two points and and the the ball back. Although <clears throat> I think that was um I think that was right before the. Uh, Wizards went on a run, right? I think the Wizards then hit like two straight threes to kind of get right back in it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was just kind of one of those games where, um, you know, you thought maybe the Bucks had kind of had an answer after the timeout and kind of put them away. Um, but, you know, again, the, <laughs> the Wizards were plucky tonight. Um, thought they kind of probably went away from Harrell a little bit too much in the fourth quarter, um, especially with the Bucks switching. Uh, you know, Harrell's just, He's just a very savvy kind of guy from that like mid post, low post type spot. And whether it's a big guy or a small guy, you know, he's just very smart at, at kind of getting his shots. But um, Bucks, I think to, to the Bucks credit, I think they did some of it was just, you know, Drew Holiday was down there on him a couple of times. They just did a nice job fronting him and kind of making it hard. You know, it's not like he was just calling the ball and just had an easy angle uh, for an entry pass either. So, um, you know, <laughs> Bucks defense did not distinguish itself necessarily. Um, hasn't distinguished itself a whole lot. Um, certainly tonight or even lately all, all that much, but, you know, at a minimum, we saw them kind of make some plays here late. And I thought, you know, like that Giannis block 
when Kuzma was um, was trying to get a shot off, you know, late. That I thought that was another kind of example. Of, okay, you know, we we still have two first team all defense players on the floor even without Brook Lopez. Like, you know, you guys should still be capable of putting stringing together, you know, good defensive possessions, especially against the Wizards team. I mean, they have some talent, but you know, it's not like you're facing, you know, the KD Steph Warriors or something like that offensively. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I was caught at halftime thinking, okay, that was a pretty good defensive effort. And then I said, well, there's also the Wizards. Um, but uh, we mentioned that the Bucks were 16th in defense over the course of the whole entire month of January. So it uh, wouldn't be hard to, to get a big improvement there from the Bucks. By the way, is it too early to read anything into the fact that Giannis is 100% from the free throw line in February? I mean, obviously that trend will continue. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, he's up to 72 point, I think 2% right now for yeah. the season. So, yeah, um, I mean, the funny part, right. Is I, I, last year during the playoffs, especially with, you know, some of the announcers, you know, when he was struggling from the free throw line in the playoffs, I mean, people made it sound like he was like Shaq at the free throw line, just like incapable of shit. I mean, he shot 69% last year after a hard start to the year. So I mean, it's not like he was, it's not like he's that much better this year from the free throw line overall than he was last year. Um, but I, I think, I think the thing that, and, and again, I always hesitate to talk about this too much because it's Giannis free throws and things can kind of flip. Um, so two things, I think one, you know, he's always gotten worse in the, in the playoffs. So that's always a concern, right? That there's some kind of mental thing that happens in the playoffs, you know, whatever it might be. You hope maybe that 17 of 19 performance to clinch an NBA championship, you know, might kind of help get him over that hump. Um, but I think the the thing that encourages encouraging this year is obviously just the routine is sped up. You know, he's not going to be barring some changes. He's not, you know, barring like suddenly he changes his form or something like that, which or his routine, which I certainly wouldn't expect. Um, you know, he's not gonna, at least going to be in danger of getting 10 second counted um, in the playoffs like he was for the entire playoffs last year. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's I think the the shoot for the resource shooting has has definitely been, um, you know, one of the encouraging aspects of of this season. Um, his three point shooting has dropped off a little bit, but I think his mid range, and we saw the mid range game um, tonight a bit. Um, I, you know, I'm, you kind of alluded to when we were talking about sort of him picking his spots. I don't know, he, like I still find some of the mid range shots he sells for, especially the baseline stuff. He had a couple of the baseline fadeaways tonight. Um, they still feel like glamour shots to me, and um, it it still feels like he shoots a lot of these like in, they're like in game practice shots is what they feel like. Yeah. a lot of time and, and he's gotten okay at them um but i don't know i still kind of get nervous that he feels like you know is that gonna be a shot that he feels like you know he can go to in high leverage moments i mean we saw him hit one of those against the grizzlies late when, when they really needed a bucket so that was cool um but then i think in the very next game he settled for one of those um late and and missed it and it's like really you know and i think he had a favorable matchup and it's just like man you know why, why settle for some of these, for that shot when, you know, you have a physical advantage. So, but again, that's, that's part of this whole discussion around where, how did he choose his spots? You know, when does he settle for jump shots versus when is he kind of, you know, just trying to beat the crap out of, uh, of an opponent. And again, eventually he got, he got very motivated, you know, the second half. Um, I mean, he scored 25 in the second half, 13 in the fourth quarter. Um, so he got motivated you know you saw when they got when they got down he really went out like kuzma he just you know put under the rim at one point 
Um, and, you know, especially with, with Trez in there instead of Gafford, you know, for most of that kind of fourth quarter, obviously that's tough. That's tough to defend for, for Trez and, and, and Kyle Kuzma. And, and thankfully Bucks kind of, I think woke up to the physical advantage they had. Um, but yeah, and I mean, again, 11 assists. Can we talk about the, uh, I mean, we, we've been kind of cataloging some of his, you know, some of the highlight reel assists he's had this year. Um, I don't know if you have a personal favorite for your favorite Giannis assist this season. You know, we saw the over the head uh, pass on Friday um, to, to Grayson Allen. It, it bounced. So, you know, maybe it takes a little bit away from, from that one. Um, but the kind of like, I don't know. I don't know how you describe it. Like he was basically right under the basket on the baseline and kind of wrap around bounce pass flick to Chris Middleton for, um, you know, three pointer there at the, uh, you know, in the, in the late stages of the fourth, um, just another fun pass from Giannis on a night when obviously 11 assists, he was obviously doing a really good job making plays for teammates. Yeah. If I had to, to put the, these passes in order, personally for me, I would rank them uh, in terms of my favorite built bar flavor. So, the uh, the over the head pass. Which one's coconut? The over the head pass was coconut because you mentioned the fact that it bounced, uh, which it did bounce, but it bounced right into the shooting pocket. Remember, he yep. did that over the head pass to uh, Tony Snell, Brooklyn? wasn't it? Oh, 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 yeah, 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 way yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't a perfect pass, but he knew where he was. He just flung it back there. Uh, so the progression is fantastic. Now those whip passes. I've mentioned this before that Eric asked him about this in a press conference and he looked like he was a little bit annoyed that uh, Eric suggested that he looked like Jokic out there passing the ball. Giannis was like, no, no, I know how to pass the ball. But those whip passes or those wraparound passes, very Jokic-like, uh, but the more Giannis do it, maybe we can say it's Giannis-like. But that's the cookies and cream for me. That's that's right up there as well. That's beautiful. But the point is, speaking of beautiful, built bars are beautiful and they're the best tasting protein bar on the market. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They contain, uh, they're very healthy for you. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Uh, compare that to any other candy bar, it's usually double, double that. It's not good for you. Even though you, you, know, you might think it's good, but it's not good for you. Stick with the Bilt Bars. So just By the way, Bilt- candy, candy bars also, like Bilt Bar, this is never part of the ad reads, but Bilt Bars don't have, like they have very low, like saturated fat content, which I'm, I have a little bit high cholesterol. So I try to not eat things with lots of like saturated fat. And it's never part of the ad reads, but also built bars don't have a lot of saturated fat, especially compared to candy bars. So there you go. There, there's another totally organic ad read for you, Ken. Well, that's what we like. And and honestly, like you, when it comes to built bar, I, I can assure you that ranking them in terms of Giannis's passes wasn't part of the ad read. But I'm just freewheeling here. That's how passionate yeah. I am about built bar. Go, yeah. But go to built.com. Use the promo code locked15, and you get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Uh, you, you just made me think about something uh, with the honest. So I feel like this is how we can wrap up this show today. But the evolution of Giannis in terms of a scorer, he hasn't got a huge catalog of game winners. And part of the reason for that is because it is obviously challenging to give him the ball and say, hey, get us a jump shot. Let's hit a, let's hit a game winner. By the way, are, are, are we calling game winners... How do you frame a game winner? Is it like a buzzer beater or can it be last few seconds? Yeah. Shot he, had, that... he had that crazy like layup this year. So yeah, it was, that where he sort of got on the runway. That's a game winner. But 
that shot against Memphis, not technically a game winner, but it's kind of a dagger. Yeah. But but I have wondered to myself, I mean, part of it, again, is what I was saying earlier, that I think he understands that taking those jump shots or adding that to his repertoire is going to be better for him physically moving forward. But I've also always wondered, it's also a way that he can be more involved in having the shot late in games. And you described it as a glamour shot. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. We've seen Giannis the last couple of years. He's been more trusting of a guy like Chris Milton who takes a lot of those shots late. Drew Holiday's taking some clutch shots late in games as well. But adding that type of shot as something that is really difficult to defend. And of course, we've seen him double teamed in those situations and he can swing the ball, he can make passes. But adding that to his skill set, if he thinks this is a shot that is a makeable shot and a decent percentage for him, it does open up possibilities for end of game situations. And quite clearly now, I don't think that's what you would draw up if you're the Bucks and you want to get a bucket late. But I, I wonder. I mean, we know he wants to be the best at everything. He wants to be the greatest player that ever lived. I wonder if any of that is any part of his thought process that this is how I become the guy that takes that shot late in games. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's, just, you know, I think that the, the part that frustrates me with it when he has a smaller guy on him, um, <laughs> you know, hey, look, the upside is that guy's probably not going to be able to really challenge that shot if you're at all. You know, he gets a, <laughs> a high release shot. You know, he's going to get a, a clean look at it. Um, the downside is, well, yeah, but I mean, dude, you could probably just put that dude under the rim, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I think back to, um, I think it was against Harden in uh, in well, game seven, right? Against the Nets when he had Harden on him and he settled for a turnaround that he just completely missed badly like yeah. at the very end of the of, of regulation i think it was um those are the plays where it's like well you know that's where the, the fine line is is really difficult right between having you know those other shots that you can go to and not settling for for lower percentage shots because you know again like even if you're awesome like even if you're kd um you know again kd what does he hit that like 50 some percent of the shot time, right? Like th- that's insane to be able to hit that much. I mean, Chris Middleton's very good at those kind of mid-range fadeaway shots when he's got a size advantage. Um, but, you know, I still like the Giannis attacking the rim, you know, in the restricted area option better. Uh, not that's, that that's just... harder to do at the end of the game though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, no, that... For, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I I think I, I agree. I mean, this is, this is the hard part. I, you know, between just, again, just a kind of finding that balance and, you know, I think that again, this kind of difference in when you're doing it, right? Like, I think I also think sometimes it seems pre-programmed where yeah. it's almost like you know he's getting his position and he's decided he's going for that shot no matter what the defense is actually doing. And you know, if 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 there's help in the middle, then it makes more sense because you know you're gonna have a harder time getting to you know a hook shot or something like that. Um, but uh, if you're just one v one and the defense isn't sending help. I mean, that's not a great shot, right? And and sometimes, you know, he he has at times tried to set up like a step-through move, like pump fake the fadeaway and then sort of step through, but that's never really become like a consistent thing that he's been able to use, even though guys will generally contest that shot at this point. So um, why do you think so they anyway. do that? Like, it, like I, I think I it's habit. I yeah. think it's habit. Yeah. I, I don't Reaction. think, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think teams are just, and and, you know, it's like, Again, like it's not like he's constantly like it's not like he's Kevin McHale where he gives you a pump fake or Hakeem and then he you know yeah. spins back and, and gets a layup. I mean, he's not really doing that. 
Um, if he did that, maybe teams would just let him, you know, uncontested shoot, shoot that, that shot. I mean, I'd say if probably like half the time guys just, you know, put the arm up and don't really even jump other times guys do jump. We've seen guys jump up and foul him, you know, kind of get, get too aggressive. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, I mean, defenders, you know, they want to make life a little bit difficult. I mean, it's the same way, like most defenders are not just completely conceding three pointers to him too. Like they're kind of contesting it when he's shooting threes. Um, even though that's technically a shot you want. So, um, so I don't know. It's, it's no, but that's part of his kind of the growth, the evolution. And, you know, especially when they're up um, and he's got a chance to kind of go to that shot as kind of like a, again, more of like a practice shot. Like I can't hate it. You know, I'm, I'm generally, I'm generally like less prescriptive with how Giannis should take shots. I think than most people, like, I don't, I don't get very bent out of shape about him jacking up three pointers either. Um, whereas I think some people just get really mad that he shoots any threes or, you know, the, the early clock pull up threes, like and those aren't good shots, but like on some level, I, I, I'm fine with it, you know, cause again, like the only way you're ever going to get respectable if you actually shoot these, is if you shoot these things in games and, you know, again, there might be some better ways for him to take some of those shots, but, uh, I don't know. You know, I think, again, I, I think giving guys freedom to just sort of, you know, explore the space. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about the Bucks this regular season. It's like they are definitely they definitely view it differently to how they did a couple of seasons ago. And Giannis isn't trying to destroy every human in his path on a nightly basis, but uh, they they are still in a little bit of a rut. But they got to win tonight. They're heading out west. They got a road trip now. They got a couple of days off, and we'll see. It's going to be challenging anytime you go out there, particularly with the way the Bucks are playing. So we'll see. Uh, what this means for the standings moving forward, but it's uh, it's bunched up in the east, as we said, Frank. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's why I mean, right now we're going, we're doing this as Phoenix is playing Brooklyn. Obviously, you know, I'll cross my fingers that the Suns keep up their hot play and beat the Nets to kind of keep the Nets um, behind the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are, are a game up on the Nets right now. The Bucks are thirty-two and twenty-one and fifth. Nets are twenty-nine and twenty. So if they lose. Um, you know, would drop them a game and a half back. Um, Cavs, 31 and 20, you know, again, just percentage of points ahead of the Bucks. The Heat lost in tonight in Toronto, so they're 32 and 20. So, I mean, they're only one loss up on the Bucks. Six, Sixers now second, 31 and 19, but Bulls still third at first at 32 and 18. I mean, all these teams are so close, but, yeah. you know, I mean, again, it's just like, to me, that's part of the frustration with the Bucks. like kind of just, again, you know, one step forward, one step back over the last month. I mean, literally, I mean, they've been a 500 team. If they just played, you know, like a, a bit better, um, they could they could be first right now very easily, right? And it, it, again, they are very close, but they're also fifth. <laughs> it's like, hey, they're only one and a half games out of first. Yeah, well, they're also, you know, one game out of being sixth, right? They don't have home court advantage right now if the playoffs started. Like, you know, come on, guys. Like, they, 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 you could be doing better here and, I think this road trip is going to be really interesting because when you look at it, four games in the road out West, you're playing the Blazers who have had like have had some decent wins lately, but you know, they don't have Dame. Um, They've been really banged up. They've lost a number of guys to injury. They're playing the Clippers on Sunday uh, on a back-to-back, you know, no Kawhi, no Paul George. Like that's obviously a team that if you're going to play the Clippers, like you want to play them now. And then you're going to LA for the Lakers, staying in LA for the Lakers on Tuesday. And, Today we heard that LeBron may miss a few more games. So is he even going to be back for that game? We don't know, right? You might get LeBron. 
you know, he might miss LeBron for the second time in as many games against the Lakers this season. So, you know, those are three games that, again, like, I mean, am I trusting the Bucks to win three straight games? Um, uh, this version of the Bucks probably not. Maybe two out of three would I would I would take at this point. Um, but certainly with that Phoenix game uh, on Thursday, with the way they've been playing, um, you'd love to get at least two and ideally three out of those first three games, just so you don't go into that last game um, needing a win for a 500 road trip, right? I mean. 500 road trip would be kind of fitting of the Bucks, given how things have been going. But, um, you know, again, just watching the standings, I mean, the East is there for anybody who wants to go on like a 15 game hot streak. You know, you could really get out to a pretty good, uh, a pretty good, put yourself in a pretty good spot. Unfortunately, Bucks have had the easiest schedule in the league. And, you know, now things get at least a little bit harder with, with the West road trip. All right. Check out the Locked On Bets podcast uh, with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Uh, they will have you sorted for all the betting stuff you're uh, you're trying to find out before the day's play or the night's play. Uh, Saturday night is the next time the Bucks are in action, and it's late. You guys, uh, lucky you got that warm-up with that late game uh, the other night in Milwaukee because these games are going to be late out west. Uh, like Frank said, it's going to be a busy week. But uh, as for Locked On Bucks, tomorrow Camille's on the podcast. Uh, we'll have another pod Friday. We'll look ahead to the Blazers, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't know what to expect from this team, Frank. Anything could happen. By the and way, uh, one last shout out: Dante DiVincenzo with the crazy tip in early in this game. He had a three, and he also hit like a really difficult little like hook step lefty. through lefty. Yeah, like almost hook shot. Like um, any anytime Dante shoots fifty percent or better from the field, um, I will be happy. He was three out of five tonight. And, um, you know, with the news before game, we kind of buried the lead on, well, it's not really the lead, but George Hill sounds like he's going to be out uh, a few games with this neck soreness issue per bud. Um, so, you know, Dante becomes more important to me because he's the only kind of of the backup wings who, you know, you kind of trust to bring the ball up the court. And uh, again, he's not a point guard. He's, he's never going to do that, but he can be kind of that ancillary playmaker and, and create a little bit. And, you know, of the guys on the bench, uh, he was the only guy who tallied an assist tonight. He had two, two assists, one turnover in 20 minutes to go with his seven points. So, um, so again, you know, now is a good time for for Dante to to start, uh, you know, getting in a little bit better of a space um, offensively, especially uh, as the Bucks go out on the road, and especially with again the, the the issues they're having defensively. I mean, the lack of size. I mean, you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about it. I sh- I'm sure in greater details we get up to the come up to the trade deadline, but. Um, part of me kind of wonders, like, with you know, not, like, not, not that he has a lot of options. We saw four minutes from Sandro Mamakalashvili tonight, but um, I don't know. It's like when Bud plays Pat Connaughton at, at power forward with this regularity, like, is it sort of like a cry for help? Um, I don't know, but again, he doesn't really have many options, and um, I don't know. I'm curious if Bud, curious if Bud wishes boogie was still around <laughs> so he wasn't wouldn't have to trot out frank, these tiny lineups frank, but frank frank why we'll did later. you go why did you well, bring that up at only bud you know we'll see what curious what bud would say in his in in a private moment I'm curious what bud i'd be fascinated to know bud's bud's uh true feelings about boogie cousins but... yep wouldn't we all frank that would be uh <laughs> Interesting conversation to have with. I got. I always got to bring a little spice to these last, like the last minute when you're trying to close our pods. Just got to make sure people, people, you know, don't don't tune out of these early because you never know what kind of 
bullshit I'm gonna start to to bring up and start scratching it. I always assume by the last thirty seconds no one's listening, but who knows? No, nobody's. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, we're back with Camille tomorrow. Make sure you check out that podcast. Let us know your thoughts on Dante DiVincenzo. What should the Bucks do? We're going to talk about him a little bit more tomorrow. You guys know I like Dante. Happy birthday to that man yesterday, by the way. 25. Making me feel old. But anyway, we'll talk about Dante tomorrow. Camille will be here for now. For myself, for Frank, catch you guys.